Hey everybody, thanks so much for tuning in to Cougs Daily. My name is Jay Catch, your host right here on the podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in on this Thursday afternoon. Talking BYU sports, that's what we do here on the podcast. Let's get things rolling right off the bat. Kind of lay out how we're going to go today. We're going to preview the defensive tackles for BYU today. Had a chance to catch up with uh, walk-on Zach Daw, who's a defensive tackle with the BYU football program. Had some good conversation with him. We'll get to that interview. We'll talk about his fellow defensive tackles. Who's been making an impression early on in fall camp? What we can expect as the as fall camp progresses and on into the season. Of course, the headliner there is probably Kyrus Tonga. I get some updates for guys that may be joining the team later on as well for us. We'll keep you updated on all of that. Um, also, we're going to talk a little bit about um, some of the other sports on BYU's campus, some national rankings for them, and also some preseason honors for those teams. So there's a lot to get to, and we'll also finish things off. There's um, some also some football awards lists we need to talk about. Of course, the awards list, for the most part, died down last month. There's a lot of awards that come out, but this one came out today, and we'll, we'll talk about that as well. All right, so let's kick things off right now talking BYU defensive tackles. Of course, there's been a lot made of what BYU can do to improve the pass rush this year, and that mainly falls on the defensive ends. Kalani Satake has told the media in the past that the setup for BYU's defense is a four-man front with the design of the four-man front to push all of the action to the defensive ends to get the stats. Okay. That means defensive tackles, it's more of a thankless job for BYU. You're trying to get push up the middle, you're trying to contain guys, but your your job is to make sure the defensive ends get all the action funneled to them. That can be frustrating as a defensive tackle, I get that. But it also pays off because NFL scouts, NFL coaches see that and they realize, hey, if this kid can move the pocket but also maintain the maintain the uh, pocket, make sure the the, pers- the quarterback can't escape the pocket is what I'm trying to say. I apologize for the roundabout way of describing that. But they, they understand that if they can do that, it's something that's beneficial for their football team and it's something that I think BYU players can use to their advantage down the road when it comes to NFL looks. So starting things off, like I mentioned, the headliner defensive tackle for BYU is Kyrus Tonga. He told the media at Photo Day, I believe, yesterday that he came into camp about 20 pounds overweight. Not all that surprising. He's a big kid. He naturally puts on weight, but he's a fantastic athlete all the same. He has done great things for BYU as a true freshman last year. He had moments of brilliance, also some moments of just abject failure, but I think he's set up to really succeed in the long run. He's got all the size you want. He's six foot four. He's all of that. He's 340 pounds is what they list him at on the roster. I feel like he's a kid that is bound to play on Sundays at some point in his career. Uh, of course, he committed to Utah while Kalani Satake was at Utah and then decided to flip his commitment to BYU after Kalani came to BYU while he was on an LDS mission. I feel like Kyrus Tonga, like I said, he's the headliner here. He is going to play a lot this year. BYU is going to rely on him to really control things up front. A guy that would be great to pair alongside him and a guy that I have really enjoyed watching when he's been able to get on the field, excuse me, has been Tavita Moonga. Moonga, um, also a bowling ball himself. He's about 6'2", um, 340 pounds in his own right. Just an absolute rock in the middle there for BYU. But the problem is Moonga's had issues with academics. He's had um, health concerns. And we haven't seen much of him. I, well, actually, I can't recall seeing him in fall camp so far this year, at least suited up. I've seen him at fall camp on the sidelines, but I haven't seen him suited up. If they can get him on the field, you would have a one-two punch at defensive tackle, I think, that would be very, very beneficial official for BYU. 
as it is, Tavita Munga still need to see him get on the field and be able to prove he can play. And that, while that's sorting itself out, old reliable is what I like to call this next player. Meryl Metitaliuli. He's a former East High product. He's finally a senior. He went on an LDS mission. He's contributed all four years. He's been at BYU. He's a heavy contributor. He's a true freshman. Went on his mission. He's come back. And the reason I call him old reliable is because you know exactly what you're getting from Taliuli. He is a good player. Not necessarily the flashiest player. The list him at 6'2", 310 pounds. Um, but he just he gets the job done when he needs to. He is going to be a guy, if Tevita Moonga is not able to go, I think you'll see your top two defensive tackles against Arizona will be Kairos Tonga and Taliuli. I think those two guys will be out on the field for that first series on defense together, pending um, something coming up. Like I said, a Moonga return to action and back to form could change that. But I really think that a guy... Like Meti Taliuli is just a guy that you can rely on. You know exactly what you're getting from him. It's not flashy, but you have flashy coming from a guy like Kairos Tonga to have a guy that you call, like I said, my, my nickname for him, Old Reliable, that can really kind of maintain things while Kairos Tonga is really trying to really impress people and make the highlight play. Could be a good combo there. A um, couple other guys I'm I'm looking forward to seeing this season, and guys that I think could um, potentially move on the outside edge um, if they really needed to. But I think the BYU would prefer to keep them inside. Um, one guy is Lorenzo Fawatea. He had some injury concerns last year as a true freshman, but did contribute a fair amount for BYU. I feel like as a sophomore, he is set up to really take a bigger role here. Um, he's a guy that's going to press um, Talia Uli Munga for playing. Time. Time. He's going to be part of that rotation at defensive tackle. I feel like Fawatea is a guy that definitely, on passing downs particularly, um, could be a guy that could really help move the pocket, hopefully generate some pressure. Another kid that is impressed early on in camp is a return missionary true freshman in Atunai Samahe. I have really liked what I have seen from him. Um, they list him at 6'1", 290 pounds. I'm not going to lie, I saw him in high school. Um, he Out on the field with BYU, I would guess he's probably about 6 feet. Um, West Jordan High School product, but I really like, he's just a grinder. He was a great player for the Jaguars in high school, just a guy that really got after it, really controlled the defensive front, and he's done that so far as a true freshman coming off a mission. Um, he's a guy that I think if he goes out and the coaches decide to give him some time with that four-game redshirt rule being implemented this season, he could really benefit from that. If he's not able to necessarily prove he hey he deserves a, a spot in the rotation, Getting him some time to get him some looks as a true freshman would do him a lot of good. I really like what Mahe can bring. He's more of your classic. I would say he's more in the mold of a um, Talia Uli versus being a um, Tonga, just simply size-wise and just how he plays. But I really like what Mahe brings to the field. Um, another guy people have wondered about is Wayne Tay Kirby. Of course, the Oregon transfer. Um, he's from Pocatello, Idaho. Listed at 6'3", 315. Coming out of high school, he was everything anybody wanted in a defensive tackle. Um, did some decent things. It was a contributor for Oregon as a true freshman up there in Eugene. Since he's come to BYU, he's been beset by some injury concerns, also some off-the-field issues, and we haven't seen him in fall camp yet this year. So he is similar to what Tavita Monga's got going on. Um, if he gets back on the field, he's got the physical gifts to be able to contribute if his head is screwed on straight. So 
hopefully he's able to figure things out, um, return to the team in short order, get ready to go and contribute. Because I think he could be a guy that could definitely be in the rotation. I just feel like he has got a lot of talent. He's a guy that you don't just cast aside because he's not a guy that you, you give up on that easily. But I really like his potential and his um, potential ability to contribute if, like I said, he's able to get back on the field. Now, that list, okay, I give you a list of um, five guys there that I feel like can be contributors at a decent level. Actually, sorry, six guys that I feel like can be contributors at, 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 at a level that may be in the rotation. Some other guys that have been impressive that I think that um, will be pressing for time to make into that rotation, but just maybe as a numbers casualty may not see as much action, are two, um, well, you'll hear one of them talk about this coming up, Zach Daw and Bracken L. Bakri. Zach Daw is their featured interview here on the podcast today. We'll get to him here in just a moment. Um, but him and Bracken Elbakri are two guys that are absolute grinders. Um, Daw has been um, he had he lives, missed it almost an entire year with a back injury. You'll hear him talk about that. I had a chance to catch up with him. Um, he explains what all went into it. Uh, I believe it was a herniated disc in his back, but he's back healthy now. He says he's gained weight to get ready. Um, his older brother um, was an offensive lineman for BYU, and he, he had a famous story where he had to haul around a cooler at BYU to gain weight to play offensive line. Uh, you'll hear Daw talk about gaining weight. He says it's not necessarily to that level, but he's had to put on some weight. Um, Bracken Elbakri, um, a good friend of mine who works with me in my day job at the Zone Sports Network, Hans Olsen, a former BYU defensive lineman in his own right, says he's really liked what he's seen from Bracken Elbakri in terms of just his effort level. Bracken Elbakri is not an overly um, gifted athlete. He is not a guy that is going, like I said, in the, in the mold of a Kairos Tonga with those natural gifts, but his effort level is gets results. He's done, he, he brings it every time he is on the field for BYU. He takes the action right to the offensive line. And I feel like El Bakri, um, just with his effort level, may see some time if the coaches, if let's say an injury hit, pops up or they feel like, hey, we're, we're a little grounded down in this game. We need to get some guys in there to, to liven things up. He could be a guy that definitely could be inserted. And I kind of feel the same way about Zach Daw. I think Daw has really, um, he's back to form. He was a former um, state, state champion and national champion wrestler for Pleasant Grove High School. Had a lot of talent. Came in originally as a defensive lineman. Got moved to offensive line for a time. But now he's back at the defensive line spot. And I feel like he is a guy to keep an eye on as well. So I like those two. Um, we'll talk about some of the other guys on the other side. But I want I don't want to delay here. So let's get to the interview I had. Here is Zach Daw with me yesterday at BYU Photo Day. Zach, first things first. You sat out for a significant period of time here getting back to healthy. But I feel like you're ready to go this season? Yeah, I feel like I'm 100%. Um, the coaches and the training staff have been there 100% with me, helping me recover and just get everything I needed so I could make the 100% recovery. So, With this D-line, there's a lot of talk about the pass rush. I know you're playing more on the interior. What's it going to take to improve the pass rush where you guys can get pressure with just four guys? Um, I feel like our pass rush in fall camp and spring ball has been a lot better. Um, all the Defense linemen, what, we're just coming off the ball a lot harder. We've gotten a lot stronger and faster. And I think that would be uh, a huge um, plus for us because we've been working so hard, especially in the off season. We work on it every day. So um, just I think we have it under control. So. 
a simulating pass rush as a defensive lineman without pads, it's a little tougher to do. What do you guys do to kind of rep that stuff? Um, we just work a lot of hand work. We work a lot with the bags, just where to put our hands, where to move our hips, where to move our feet. And so um, we can't get the 100% um, full go, but we do a lot with the, with the linemen. We do some one-on-ones, and most of it's just getting our hands and our feet in sync and then get ready to go 100% with full pads. Your brother was a pretty decent offensive lineman himself here. Has he ever worked with you at all? Yeah, uh, Parker has been a huge influence to me, um, especially in my um, recovery process because he's able to help me know what I need to do as a defense lineman to be more effective. So we've been able to do a lot of one-on-ones in a private gym in Pleasant Grove and just be able to work hands and work feet and different techniques and that kind of stuff. So. What's it like playing with guys like, let's say, Molangi over there, Kairos Tonga, Ameti Taliauli? What's it like working with those guys? Oh, I love them. Um, it's really been a great opportunity for me to see different cultures and different perspectives. But we're brothers. Uh, they call me their toko, which means brother. And so there's new words that I learn in the defense line room because me and uh, Bracken, we're the only white ones. So we, we get along great. They're just really awesome guys. And when you get to really meet them, um, they just have the biggest hearts. So Awesome. On social media, you're pretty good friends with Harris Lachance. Yeah. Guy that I think BYU fans are going to get to know here over the next few months. What's he like? Harris is a goofball. Um, he also has a very big heart and he's just a lot of fun to be around um he has a very big passion for football and so that's what most of our conversation is about is about football and um he also just he's a goofball he's a ladies man he just always trying to look good always has his hair done so he's a good guy i love him so he's an offensive lineman pretty boy yeah he's a pretty boy so does that does that work with an offensive line um, offensive line ethos essentially they have the stereotype of always being big uglies but i, I think he's trying to he has a d-line background like myself so like i think it's hard for him to leave the d-line because we're all good looking guys and to go to all the big uglies so i think he's trying to break that stereotype so you're gonna be playing defensive tackle mainly you Will he move you out to end at all? Do you know? Um, I played some end in the spring. Uh, since then, I put on about 30 pounds. So I think most of the time I'll stick to the um, one and three tech for most most of the time. So, What's it take to gain 30 pounds? Oh, just a lot of food. Uh, our nutritionist, Dan, has been awesome with helping me get protein and just all the meals I need. Um, a lot of working out, actually, too. Newt has been great just um, helping me lift a lot, especially in areas where I needed with my back. So I could put the weight on efficiently. So a lot of eating and a lot of lifting. So did you have to do the whole? I know your brother had this the saga of like dragging his little cooler yeah. around campus. Did you have to do that, or was it a little easier for you to put weight on? Um, not quite. Parker, uh, he had to gain quite a bit more weight than I did. But uh, Dan was really good. He'd make us little protein packs, and so I'd eat two or three of those a day plus my meals, and I would just rise up on the scale pretty quick. So awesome! Thanks so much, Zach. All right, thank you. All right, there you have it. That is Zach Dahl with me at BYU Photo Day. Thank him for taking the time to join me. It was fun to catch up with him. He's a he's a good kid. I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do in his career and this year in particular, see if he can really contribute. A um, couple other names to keep an eye on with the defensive tackle spot, necessarily guys that will I don't think will be in the rotation this year, but are developmental projects down the road. A guy like Keanu Saliapaga, who is a redshirt freshman from Lakewood, California, went to La Mirada High School. Um, he was a big pickup in the recruiting scene 
when he signed with BYU. He's a guy to keep an eye on as they continue to develop him. Also, a guy um, like uh, Earl Tuyote Mariner, freshman out of Topeka, Kansas. He is a return missionary. He redshirted last year, trying to get in shape. Um, I think he's a guy to keep an eye on down the road as well. And then one guy that I think will play more of a defensive end spot, but can slot inside to defensive tackle on passing downs, similar to what I talked about with Lorenzo Fawatea earlier, is a guy by the name of of Alden Tofa, a West Jordan High School product in his own right. Uh, they actually was teammates with Atunaisa Mahe when Mahe was a senior. I believe um, Tofa was a junior or maybe a, probably a sophomore actually at West Jordan. But Tofa listed at 6'4", 271, so he's a little light for a defensive tackle, full-time job. But he is a guy that if he can get on the inside and use some of his speed to his advantage, he really, I think, could could press guys um in terms of passing downs, getting some push up the middle. It'd be interesting to see what he does there. I think he's got to keep an eye on. And of course, the big name that everybody keeps bringing up all the time, every time I ask for questions, well, for Hans Olsen, so you probably should get an update on Mo Longi, Moteki A.E. Longi. Uh, they list him this year at 6'7", 385 pounds. Reports are, according to Ed Lamb, is that he's lost 100 pounds. He was listed last year, I think, at 475, maybe 465 uh, listed at 6'7", 385 pounds. Still very much a developmental prospect for BYU. If he ever becomes a rotation player at BYU, it's an absolute win for the Cougars. But as at, for the time being, Longy continues to just work, learning the game. Um, of course, the, the native of Tonga. He played, in, played on some um, special teams last year before a knee injury knocked him out for the year. He got the medical hardship year back. So he's a redshirt freshman. So he's still got four years to go at BYU. It'll be interesting to see if, if BYU is able to turn him into anything that can um, contribute. I would be interested to see down the road. Um, I've had people say, I want to place a bet that he does contribute. I, I can't blame you one way or the other, but I'm, I'm interested to see how it all plays out. So there you go. That's some of the defensive tackles. So like I said... The guys I expect to contribute um, be in the rotation. Of course, I believe the two starters for the time being are going to be Kairos Tonga and Merrill or Meti Taliauli. I think will be your two main guys. Their main backup will, will be Lorenzo Fawatea. And then I feel like um, two guys that will be in the rotation for the time being until you get guys back from um, academic or other issues is Zach Daw and Bracken Bakri. I think those five names are guys to keep an eye on. Atunai Samahe is going to be a guy, probably the number six guy. And then, of course, if you can get them healthy, Tavita Maunga, um, Wayne Tay Kirby could definitely be in the rotation if their head is screwed on straight and they've figured things out on the field. So there you go. That's kind of the big news on the defensive tackles. Thank um, Zach Daw for taking the time to join me um, yesterday. It was fun to t- catch up with these guys. If there are certain players you want me to talk to as I go through these um these, I guess, previews, positional previews, I'd be happy to take your suggestions. Hit me up at Jacob C. Hatch is my personal Twitter feed. You can hit up the show at Cougs Daily. Um, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It really helps us in terms of getting the word out there about this podcast, brand new, just over a week old. It's been a lot of fun to do. All right, we'll take a time out. We'll come back, talk about some of the other sports, got some rankings to talk about, some um, preseason uh Honor rolls, I guess, is the easiest way to describe them. We'll talk about all that. That's coming up right here on Cougs Daily. And we're 
We're back right here on Kooks Daily. I am Jay Catch, your host right here on the podcast. Thank you so much for downloading us and tuning in on this Thursday. Really appreciate you guys taking the time and supporting the podcast. Feel free to share with friends. Let them know this is a podcast. About 30 minutes each day is kind of what we kind of aim for. Might be a little more, might be a little less. Want to get in, get you the news you need to know about BYU athletics, and then get out. We don't want to take up too much of your time, but we want to be sure to give you the most comprehensive coverage of BYU that I absolutely can give you right here on the show. Thanks again for tuning in. You can subscribe on iTunes, also at Google Play, and of course you can also listen on SoundCloud, all the different ways you can listen to us. So thank you for tuning in once again. All right, I mentioned before the before the break that we have some awards list to talk about here. Uh, main thing is on the BYU football side is the, the, the Polynesian Player of the Year Award watch list was released earlier today, and of course BYU being one of those poly pipeline schools is one of 34 different schools Schools who are represented on the list. Uh, BYU is actually one of the top schools on this list with four selections along with USC. They're the top two. Uh, the four players that are listed on the that are listed by the uh, Polynesian Football Hall of Fame Player of the Year Award watch list are senior defensive lineman Corbin Kafusi, senior linebacker Butch Pau'u, uh, senior linebacker Sione Takitaki, and then junior tight end Moroni Laulu Pututau. I feel like these four guys are well-deserving of this honor. I was surprised a little bit that a guy like Kairos Tonga didn't make this list, but him being a sophomore, I get maybe they're going to um, they're gonna wait to add him to the list. Uh, I really feel like these four guys are deserving of this honor. Um, do I have any of them on a short list to win it? Mm, probably not. If like a guy like Corbin Kafusi were to come out and notch 10-plus sacks, I think he might have a, a play to be in that final five that they have before they name the award uh, win. Butch Pau'u, Sione Takitaki. Takitaki would probably also have to have a similar season to Corbin where he just really racks up the sacks and tackles. Pau'u would have to put up like 150 tackles or whatever. So I'm not necessarily thinking that these guys are favorites. Um, And of course, Moroni Laulu Pututau, part of that tight end rotation for BYU. Being a part of a rotation and not necessarily a featured guy, I think will hurt him there. There's 50 players on this list, so to have four of them on there, I think is a big honor for BYU. So congratulations to Corbin, Butch, Sione, and Moroni, all for that honor to be on that list. I think it's well-deserved, and hopefully they go out and really force this awards committee. Of course, uh, former BYU star Vice Sikahema is on this committee, so he'll be sure to, I'm sure, give some props to the guys if they're deserving for it. So we'll give them give them their due um, props on that and hopefully they can have a good year i'm really excited to see what happens all right so yeah there you go that's some of the stuff with the byu football of course byu photo day yesterday a lot of fun if you saw some of the photos out there there's a photo of michael shelton who is the diminutive cornerback for byu listed at five foot eight 175 pounds standing next to mo Longi, who's kind of leaning on him i kind of wish that mo would have just stood up uh being listed at six seven three eighty five uh, just crazy to see the disparity in size on two guys on a college football team together. But I think that they're they're both players in their own right, and it was just kind of fun to see that. A bunch of brothers on this team. Of course, the Kafusi brothers are on this team, the Pau'u brothers. Um, I believe there – somebody told me there were four sets of brothers on this team. I'd have to do some more research on that. I apologize. I'm not up to date on that. I probably should have done that before. I mentioned opened my mouth and talked about it. Okay, thinking about it, the Kafusi brothers, also two another Kafusi brother. Brothers, the Jackson and Isaiah Kafusi, who are linebackers together, would be the third set of brothers. And then, as I think about it, 
Oh, I got it. The Pulsifers. Adam Pulsifer and Addison Pulsifer. Adam Pulsifer, a senior linebacker, and then Addison Pulsifer, a guy that is a sophomore offensive lineman, if I'm not mistaken. So, so there you go. I actually did it. I was prepared, I guess, without knowing it. I appreciate you guys bearing with me as I kind of did that did that math in my head. All right, so we'll take a time out here. We'll come back with our quick hits, some other rankings and awards lists to get to with the other BYU athletic teams to mention for you. That's all coming up right here on Cougs Daily. Welcome back to Cougs Daily. I am Jay Catch. Please download the podcast. Go to iTunes or go to Google Play. You can subscribe there and listen to the podcast. It hops into your podcatcher for you. Really easy access for you. It's, it's easy to do. I actually am, I use the Apple Podcast app. I am not, I guess, that technologically adept that I feel like I need to use another podcatcher. I I feel like it serves my needs just fine. So I do appreciate each and every one of you who download us. It's been a fun venture so far. Looking forward to bringing you many, many more shows of the podcast. And in quick hits here to wrap things up on the podcast today, I need to give a shout out to the BYU women's volleyball team. The American Volleyball Coaches Association put out their preseason poll, and the BYU women's volleyball team is ranked number eight in the country in that coaches poll released yesterday, Wednesday. Uh, they've been ranked in the preseason top 25 each year since 2013. It is their best preseason ranking since 1999 when they came in at number seven. Uh, the tough part for BYU is the fact that they will be without Sarah Hampson. We talked about that earlier on the podcast this week. She's out for the season looking like with a knee injury. But there are five All-WCC players returning for BYU. Roni Jones-Perry, who was a first-team All-WCC player last year. Junior Libero, Mary Lake. By the way, if you if you ever seen the women's volleyball team play, Mary Lake alone is worth the price of admission. She's a fantastic libero. I know liberos aren't necessarily the sexiest position in terms of the BYU volleyball scene, but Mary Lake, she makes that job look really easy. Junior outside hitter McKenna Miller is also coming back. Senior setty, senior setter Lindy Haddock Epich, I hopefully pronounced that correct, and a middle blocker Kennedy Eschen. Eschenberg are all back. Like I said, the loss of Sarah Hampson will be a tough deal for head coach Heather Olmstead to overcome. She's entering her fourth season. Her career record, guys, 87 and 11. She's led the Cougars to three WCC titles in her in, in her three years and also three trips to the NCAA regional semifinals. Let's put it this way. The BYU women's volleyball team is fantastic. The men's team is also good, but the women's team is just as good, if not better. They'll be opening up their season at Duke on Friday, August 24th at 7.30 p.m. as the number eight ranked team in the country. So get out and support your Lady Cougars on the volleyball court. Should be a lot of fun to track them. On the BYU women's soccer side of things, they're in the midst of their fall camp, really getting ready to lock things down when they get ready for their season. Uh, they have they had the West Coast Conference preseason poll was put out today. Uh, number 19 nationally ranked Santa Clara, number 18 Pepperdine each received five first place votes. The Broncos edge out the waves after earning one more point, to, so they're the preseason number one in the conference. Uh, BYU is tied for fourth place in the preseason poll here. Um, sorry, third place, I apologize. Third place with 66 points, 10 points behind Pepperdine. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out for BYU. Um, there was one player from BYU women's soccer team that was named to the LWCC preseason team, and that would be sophomore midfielder Michaela Colohan. She was an honorable mention honoree last year. She was all WCC freshman as well last year. Tallied three goals and five assists for a total of 11 points 
last year. Uh, should be a lot of fun to see how the women's soccer team bounces back from a rough year last year. I'm going to be rooting for them. I know Greg Rebell, who does play-by-play for everything seemingly, loves calling the BYU women's soccer team their matches, and hopefully they have a good season to reward him for his hard work because he brings it each and every night. All right, so there you go. That's some of the quick hits, some of the other sports that BYU needed to hit on before we get out of here. Like I said, please download the podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. It helps us get the word about word out about the podcast. Feel free to spread the word on social media, word of mouth, however you want to do it. I love getting new people to listen to the podcast. Hopefully you guys are enjoying what you're hearing. If not, feel free to hit me up. Let me know. I love constructive criticism. Let me know what you think or any suggestions you have. Interview ideas. Um, if you guys want to talk about something, want me to talk about something, feel free to hit me up on Twitter. My personal Twitter feed at Jacob C. Hatch. Also, you can go to the show Twitter feed at Coogs Daily and hit us up there. You also can drop me an old school email at jhatch77 at gmail.com. Happy to talk to you that way as well. All right. Tomorrow, Friday, uh, BYU will be practicing in a morning practice. Media observation scheduled for 1130 and will be done around noon. So we'll have it all for you covered right here on Coop Daily.